I'm a Trojan fan by marriage, right? But Darren actually went to school there. So, Dee Dee, take the scarf off. <laughs> but that was a rough game. Fortunately, I did not watch it. And, uh, but I'd be remiss to give the Bruins a chance to gloat. So. Uh, but this week is Thanksgiving week. And uh, so I hope that, it, that you have a, a lot of good plans to get together with family and to friends and to gain about five pounds and just to stuff your bellies with all kinds of good food. And Thanksgiving really is a wonderful holiday because of the point of it. It is an opportunity for us to reflect and to think of all the things that we are thankful for. And so this morning I want to pick up on the idea that we have when we think of Thanksgiving, but I want to transition it from just being a day of gratitude to asking the question, are we grateful people? Or even as you think of yourself, are you a grateful person? Am I on here? Oh, I am? Okay, I'm sorry. I thought it didn't sound like it was coming through. Okay, very good. Uh, so that is the qu- those are the questions before us. Now, in light of those questions, uh, I, have made, I have noticed uh, something when I look at those that I consider to be grateful people, a grateful person. And that is that it very seldomly has anything to do, in fact, it never has anything to do with how much stuff they actually have. Some people that, are, that you look at and you think, wow, they are blessed in so many ways. They have so much to be thankful for, express very little gratitude. And the opposite can be true as well. Those that uh, are sometimes the most thankful people, that just gratitude comes so naturally, sometimes are those that have very little in terms of uh, things to be thankful for in terms of outward appearance. And in light of that observation, a story jumps out from the life of Jesus. It is a story in which we see both camps, so to speak. There are those that have been blessed in so many ways, and yet they do not have hearts of gratitude. And yet there is a person that's presented in this story that from outward appearances has very little to be thankful for, And yet she is overcome with gratitude. The story is found in Luke chapter 7. And we are going to be looking at verses 36 through 48. Luke 7, 36 reads this way. One of the Pharisees asked him, that is Jesus, to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. What does that mean? A woman of the city who was a sinner. She's a prostitute. That's right. When she learned that he was reclining at table in in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. 
And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money, money, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not repay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which one of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not, stopped, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Jesus entered this uh, home of this Pharisee by the name of Simon. And Simon had a reputation, I am sure, as all the Pharisees did, of being a righteous and blessed person. He was well-educated. He was respected. He had connections with powerful people. He must have been at least middle class. He owned his own home. He was fairly well-to-do. And Jesus accepted the invitation and sat down in his home. He reclined at table. And as he was there, a person that we could have just say was an undesirable came in. She heard that Jesus was there and just made her way in. Now, it would, it would have upset Simon, as we see just by his thought in his mind, that uh, why would she be here? Surely Jesus, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he would not let this woman even enter into the home, let alone to treat him in this way. This woman, as we have seen, is described as a woman of the city, a sinner. She's a prostitute, and what she is doing ought to be quite embarrassing to Jesus. There's no modesty here. She comes in just weeping to the point where she has enough tears to wet his feet and to wash them. Can you imagine how many tears that takes to wash a person's dirty feet? She must have just been weeping without, out of control. She kisses his feet. She takes this perfume and pours it upon him. And all of this is done with no objection from Jesus. And the no objection leads me to the conclusion that he knew this was sincere. I don't, I don't, I, we can't judge the heart of Simon, but it seems that it's pretty evident that his hospitality was pretty shallow comes in and doesn't offer Jesus a greeting with a kiss on the cheek or offer him even water to wash his own feet. And yet this woman goes way out of the way to express her gratitude towards Jesus. Now, gratitude and thanksgiving are not words that are used in this passage, but isn't that obviously what is happening here? She is so thankful for what Jesus has done. Now we look at this and there's two individuals, right? We have Simon on the one hand and this woman who is forgiven on the other hand. 
And the natural application is, who do we line up behind more? Would we be ones to be undone like this woman when we think of all the ways that God has blessed us? Or would we kind of be reserved like Simon the Pharisee, thinking, you know, I'll invite Jesus in at least part way, but my gratitude only goes so far. Jesus has a lesson for Simon. It comes in the form of a parable. He tells about a man who has, been, uh, who has two people that owe him loans. Neither of them are, are, are able to pay. And so he forgives one a very large debt, and he, gives, and he forgives the other a small debt. And then the question that is quite, the answer is quite obvious to Jesus' question, which one will love more? And Simon gets it right. The one who has been forgiven the larger debt. And Jesus, uh, and, and the uh, teaching, the application of Jesus' teaching takes li- very little interpretation. This woman has been forgiven a lot, and that is why she is so grateful. The, uh, Simon senses his forgiveness very little, and so there is very little gratitude. Now, the point I want to drive home this morning is every person in that room needed Jesus' forgiveness. It is the, the simple application is there was only one that had eyes to see it. Now, all of us who gather in this room have been blessed in so many ways. And we could make a very long list if we took the time to do it. But my question is, do we have eyes to see? All that God has done for us in all the ways that He has blessed us, do you have eyes to see? And if you do, there are certain things that come up within our hearts. I have three responses for a thankful heart this morning. One is that gratitude mutes our arrogance. Gratitude mutes our arrogance. This woman in the story is obviously humble. She realizes that she did not deserve the forgiveness that Jesus was offering to her. That is the reason she is so thankful She recognizes that she could not earn her own salvation, so to speak. But it is human nature for us not to be thankful because it is human nature for us to take far more credit for things in our lives than what we ought to take. Last night, Chelsea and I had the opportunity to uh, go to Jason and Gail's wedding. I see Jason's parents here. That was a blessed night. And I was thinking there as we we saw Jason and Gail get married, I, I couldn't help but thinking, you know, I've got a very good wife myself. And I was thinking, man, I sure have done a good job here, haven't I? <laughs> I have won this woman over with my, just my charming personality, <laughs> wooed her with all my romantic gestures. And Chelsea uh, sits on the front row and she laughs because she'd say, yeah, right. And that is the right response. Yeah, right. Because I look at it and I know full well it's all from the Lord. There's no way. God has blessed me in so many ways that he should get all the credit. Now, all of us can fall in the same camp. We look around us and we think, wow, I have done so well. I have a, a good roof over my head. I drive a car. I've 
got more food in my refrigerator that I can eat and all of these things. And you know why it is? Because I have worked so hard. I'm so talented. I put in the long hours. And you know what the correct response to that is? Yeah, right. You know, you have worked hard and you've put in the long hours. But who gave you the job? And who gave you the ability and the strength and the wisdom to make good decisions? Who opened the door and all of these things? God deserves the credit. And I'm not minimizing anything that you have done. But may we give credit to where credit is due. And may we ultimately give credit to the Lord. And now let's step back because we gather for worship this morning. And we consider all of our spiritual blessings. The most fundamental of spiritual truths is this that you cannot earn your salvation. In other words, we don't deserve it. And then even after we are Christians, there is a tendency, I've been a Christian for a long time now, there is a tendency for the thoughts to creep in to one's mind. Oh man, the Lord is lucky to have me. And I'm doing so much work and God must really uh, think I'm a great person. And again, the uh, correct response is, yeah, right. There is no way. Isaiah says, and this is true for all of us, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Even your best stuff compared to God's holiness is like a filthy rag. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot gain more of God's love. Now, by obedience to Him, our eyes can be opened like the woman who uh, wet Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. Our eyes can be opened to recognizing God's love more and more, but we cannot earn it. It is all a gift of His. It is all uh, by His grace. One of the verses I have uh, on my little notes page where I keep some verses on my phone is Luke 17, 10. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what, is our, what was our duty. That's a good reminder for me all the time. No matter how long I am a Christian or how much I seek to serve the Lord, my, the correct response will always be, I am an unworthy servant. I have only done what was my duty. Now, that is not some sort of false humility, and that is not meant to be self-demeaning. I'm not putting myself down. It is simply to acknowledge I am so blessed, and I am a child of the King, but it is all because of God's grace. And so he can look upon each of us, and he says, My son, my daughter, in whom I am well pleased... And this declaration in itself is a gift from God. And so rather than taking credit for all of this, we simply uh, put our finger up and say, thanks be to the Lord. Thanksgiving, and that's what we celebrate this week, Thanksgiving is really a declaration of our dependence upon the Lord. By us giving thanks, we recognize that these are not things of our, that we have done of our own of our own accord. We are dependent upon the Lord. Spiritual blessings, physical blessings, material blessings, relational blessings, and the list can go on and on. These are all a gift from God. James 1.17 has a verse that is so appropriate 
uh, along these lines. In fact, I'll invite us to read this verse together. This is James 117. Let's say this in unity, in unison. Okay, ready? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. That is what Thanksgiving is all about. The recognition that every good gift, every perfect gift comes from God. And so that's 100%. Every is a very all-inclusive word. It's not 10%. It's not 50%. It's not even 99%. 100%. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. Now this ties back into our first point. Prideful people do not give thanks because they take the credit themselves. But humble people are full of thanks because they recognize that God has blessed them in so much. A few weeks ago, I sat at the park and um, was watching my daughter play. There's a woman who's sitting over here. Her son was playing as well. And for 20 minutes, I listened into a conversation on how she uh, complained to her friend on the phone that she doesn't get all that she deserves. Never treated fairly, never gets what she wants or what she deserves. And then after a 20-minute phone conversation, she finally hangs up, the car, uh, hangs up the phone and climbs in her Lexus and drives away. And I'm thinking, oh boy, self-pity, self-pity is not a form of humility. Self-pity is actually a form of pride to think I deserve more than I'm getting. And so the point here is that gratitude mutes arrogance, both the prideful kind and the self-pity kind, because we recognize that God really has done far more than what we deserve, and when we have eyes to see, we recognize that we have been blessed with so much. Henry Ward Beecher was a preacher during the Civil War, and and, uh, during the Civil War was actually when Abraham Lincoln made Thanksgiving a federal holiday, but this is what he said in one of his sermons. Pride slays thanksgiving, but a humble mind is the soil out of which thanks naturally, gro- thanks naturally grows. A proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. So may we cultivate humility within our own hearts and lives. Gratitude mutes our arrogance. Second of all, gratitude motivates our actions. See, this is a contrast that we see in this story. One woman, the woman who is forgiven, is motivated to action, and this Simon the Pharisee does nothing. Jesus said, I came into your home, Simon, and you didn't even offer me water to wash my own feet. You greeted me with no kiss. You did not anoint my head with, uh, with oil, and this woman has not stopped doing those things. In fact, she has wet and washed my feet with her tears. She has dried them with her, with her hair, and she has not stopped kissing my feet. And it is out of this idea that, grati- that gratitude motivates action. Thanks, I, I, I heard this from a preacher as well, and I, I like it because it's catchy, but it's true. Thanksgiving and thanksliving go hand in hand. Thanksgiving and thanksliving go hand in hand. In other words, if you're a grateful person, it'll show up in your actions. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God 
the Father through him. So in other words, whether in word or deed, however it shows up, give thanks to God with your actions and with your service. I was in the grocery store this past week, and one guy was there piling turkey after turkey in, like 25 turkeys. And uh, somebody asked, hey, you got a big family, or are you giving those away? Obviously, he says, I'm giving those away. And, he's, and, he's, and he went on to explain he's giving them away because he's been so blessed in his own life. You know, gratitude motivates action. Some will serve, others will give, others will encourage, others will pray, others will sing, but the truly grateful person will not do nothing. The truly grateful person will not stay on the sidelines. And so I don't know what it'll look like for you. I can't tell you what to do, but I can look at my own life and I can ask, Lord, how could I be of greater service? And it is so fantastic when each of us takes inventory of all the ways that God has blessed us and it motivates us to give back, to serve, and to have action in our lives. Gratitude mutes our arrogance. It motivates our actions. And then lastly, gratitude multiplies our adoration. And this is where really this whole sermon needs to lead to. Because we would fall far short if we only recognize all the blessings, but we don't ever actually take the time to praise God himself. You see, we aren't just thankful for the gifts. We're thankful for the giver of the gifts. Now, in America, it is very easy to just look, at the, just look at all the stuff and all the relationships. Just being in this country alone, we know that we are wealthy and we are upwardly mobile and we can go and see our family and our friends. And we've been given all of these things that given all of those blessings, we could easily fall short, just come up short of giving Jesus the praise and the adoration that he deserves. The reason that Jesus does not stop this woman in this passage from continuing to do what he's doing is because he knows that it comes from a heart of praise. In a sense, it is a little bit embarrassing. Like, it's hard for me to imagine someone just being so outwardly lavish in in what they are doing. But Jesus knows from, uh, from where her heart comes And it is an act of adoration. It's an act of praise. Once in a while, I've been caught up with gratitude to the point where the tears start flowing down the cheeks. Once in a while, I've noticed people that they just get the biggest smile on their face. They're just laughing because of the gratitude that wells up within our hearts. We are not just thankful for all the gifts. We are thankful to the giver of the gifts. We recognize that our gratitude goes beyond just making a list and recognize, though I commend that, I'm not, but we recognize that it goes beyond that to giving praise to the Lord. The Psalms oftentimes tie in thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 717, I I give to the Lord thanks. The thanks do His righteousness and I will sing Praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. Psalm 69, 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify Him with thanksgiving. 
Psalm 95.2, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Boy, I have had the hardest time keeping track of this today. This is the third time I have lost this or forgot this. But um, I brought this this morning because this is a blessing in my life. This is my prayer journal that I keep beside my bed. And uh, each night before I go to bed, I think back over the course of my day. And uh, I want to jot down a few things. And, and, I am, and I'm answering, sometimes I just journal, but I all, this is my question I ask myself every day. Where did God show up today? Where did God show up today? Sometimes God shows up in very unlikely places. Sometimes it's a smile from a friend, or sometimes it's an innocent comment from a child, or sometimes it's a Bible verse we read or a song we hear on the radio. But my challenge is, by doing this, my challenge to myself and my challenge to all of us is to have eyes to see. You see, God shows up all the time. But the reason we might not be as grateful as we ought to be is because we don't recognize it. May we take time this Thanksgiving season and all the time, really, to say, where is God showing up? May He give us eyes to see that we might be motivated to gratitude. A couple weeks ago, I was driving into church. On Sunday mornings, I I come in early because I want to go over my sermon. And I stopped at a a stoplight. I looked over to the left And there was just a sliver of a moon. But the moon's sliver was not on the side the way I kind of expect it. It was right on the bottom of it. To the point, it made me take a second glance. And I'm sure a meteorologist could have predicted that and said, yeah, that's the way the moon was supposed to look on that morning. Uh, But when I looked at it, I thought, oh man, that looks a lot like a smiley face. And it's... It's hard to say, it's a little subjective, you know, but to me in that moment, I thought, that's the Lord's smiling face upon me. To have eyes to see. God seeks to share with us his love all the time. And may our embarrassment be minimized so that our adoration can be multiplied. May we be able to put away all self-consciousness and just become before the Lord and say, God, you've blessed us in so many ways. Thank you so much. And most importantly, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for loving me and saving me. If we were to try to make a list, it would be an infinite. And that's, you know why that is? That is because God is infinite. I want to close with these two verses from Colossians chapter 2. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. That's really what this whole sermon is about. May we be abounding in thanksgiving. May we be so rooted and built up and established in the faith that it just comes naturally flowing out of us. 
because we recognize all that God has done for us. And so on that note, happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you have a blessed Thanksgiving. I hope that you are able to, as I said, gain five pounds and, uh, and get together with a lot of good family and friends. And most importantly, I f- pray that you would just have your heart filled up with gratitude as you recognize all that God has done for you. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the many ways that you have blessed us. And we just pause this morning, as we really should every day, and just say thank you. Thank you that you have given us so much. Thank you that we have this church we can gather in this morning. For the uh, family that is around us, family in Christ. We are brothers and sisters together in Christ. Thank you that you uh, love us so much that you smile upon us. Thank you that you have brought us here together today because uh, that is a blessing from you. And God, I pray that you would continue just to transform our hearts to be people of gratitude, that we would recognize you moment by moment and truly be filled with thanksgiving. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.